Lord, there are so many this morning who are lost. There are so many that are desperate this morning. And we invite your presence to come in. Jesus, we enthrone you this morning. We welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, today we ask that you would do open heart surgery. That you would do the work that is needed for us to experience the love of the Father. Too much condemnation, too much judgment, stuck. Some of us are stuck, Lord. I ask, Lord, today, we give you permission, Lord. Circumcise our hearts. Do open heart surgery, Lord. Whatever stops us from receiving this love of the Father, the resurrected life, reveal it by your Spirit, I pray today. Lord, we give permission. We give permission today. Lord, work in our hearts. Reveal truth to us. And let us have victory, resurrection victory today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. If you agree this morning, say amen. Amen. In prayer this morning, I want to thank the worship team. Maybe we're going to do some worship. Let's just thank the worship team. We may do some more, but I just felt it was the right time to interject now. So um, you may take your seats and thank you so much for leading us in beautiful worship this morning. In prayer this morning, Brother Emmanuel said that he felt that the Lord was saying that he wants to circumcise our hearts. But for him to circumcise our hearts, you know, when you go in for surgery, you have to sign and give permission. So does he have permission today? Does he have permission to circumcise? God has given me a hard word this week. Um, and I think because I'm the grandmama in the house. I don't know. Maybe we give the hardings. I'm not sure. But it's with an end result that I believe will set us free. Amen. The reading is taken from Luke 11, uh, verse 33 to 36. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. Right? The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Amen? So... If you understand that in the time that this was written, they didn't have electricity like we do. The lamp was a lantern or a candle. So imagine the writer is saying, if you take your candle and put it under a bush, or you put it in a drawer, or you hide it under 
something, a basket, it's going to wreak havoc. So when our light doesn't shine, in essence, and it's snuffed out, we have the potential of wreaking havoc. We are supposed to be a lamp, and it's supposed to be put, they would have a lampstand so that the light would radiate. Amen? The word that the Lord gave me is that many of my children, their lights have been snuffed out. Or, if we look at it in our time, the light is flickering. We have a short. <laughs> you know, I hate it when I see that lamp of mine or that uh, bulb starting to flicker. You know, the whole thing of taking it out, putting it in. Do we have a bayonet? Do we have a screw in? It just... Oh. But we are like that. We're like ee, flickering on and off. We want to be on, but maybe we're going to be off. And I believe that the Lord actually wants me to just walk away from my notes. <laughs> Jesus, we need you. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of God, searching all the inner parts of our very being, of our spirit. And yet the first scripture said, our eye is a lamp. But the spirit of a man is the lamp. And that's where the Lord searches the inner depths. Okay, And we sometimes are not shining like we should. And as I asked the Lord, I mean, what's, what's beautiful is, and like Michelle said, when we understand the love of the Father and we walk in that place of forgiveness, we actually should be whole and we should radiate light. So what stops us? I was like, God, but why are we not that bright, shining light? What is it? And so as the grandmama of the house, I want to say to you, offense is the biggest snuffer of our light. It's a hard message, but it ends well. Will you allow me to circumcise? And before I do that, I want to say to you that God dealt with me first. Anyone that brings the word goes through agony because God deals with us first. He, he cut my heart open. Can I say I'm the first in line still dealing with offenses? You know why? Because it's the bait of Satan. I haven't got it right. God has put some spotlight that I have to work through myself. I wish I could stand here and say I've got it all together. But honestly, I really don't. We get offended so quickly, don't we? I think in my 34 years of being in ministry, the bride, we, the children of God, are the most offendable of all people. And we shouldn't be. But you know why? Because we have an enemy of our soul. And his name is Satan. Do you know what offense stems from? It stems from pride. If we're really honest, we want to be right. I want to say my husband is such a good example to me. He's a bridge builder. 
Robbie is a bridge builder. When we got married and we just celebrated 47 years, I don't know who needs the badge. <laughs> we, we're pushing for 50 in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't take all the glory. He's the bridge builder. I, I want to say there are, I find four places where we get offended. In marriage, it's this bending that is so hard. It's hard to bend. And if your childhood gave you some scars, I came, was brought up in an alcoholic, very abusive home, a godly mother, but shocking. I've forgiven him, and he's with Jesus. I led him to the Lord, my father, but a shocking childhood. Can I say that that sticks to us? Your scars from your childhood give you a lens that you reflect through. So my lens was no man will ever tell me what to do. Okay? No man will ever dictate to me. So guess what our biggest fights were? We both strong leaders. If he said no, that was like a red flag. Do not say don't. You can say maybe don't, but don't say don't. So this bending was very hard. But a lady gave us the scripture, Ephesians 4.26. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and thereby give the enemy a foothold. That, that scripture saved our marriage. <laughs> because maybe in 47 years, maybe 10, maybe on my two hands, I have just dug my heels in either gone and climbed into another bed or turned my back and refused. But on the whole, we have been able to not maybe solve the problem, but we have agreed that tomorrow we will discuss. When we let anger stay in our heart, and let me tell you, that is the trick of the enemy with offense. We get offended, then we brew. Now we start chomping, and then he starts adding stuff, and adding more stuff. And yeah, you know, this is not the first time. Now I'm not only talking about marriage, I'm talking about relationships. And can I say another offense, so one is marriage, one is childhood, one is we get offended with God. Really? Let's not be religious here. I've been offended with God. Have you prayed earnestly for something? And the answer is no. And you know that same ugly spirit where you dig your heels in? I want that. And the answer is no. Because God knows what's happening down there, which we don't know. I look back on my life and things where God said no is because there was something that he was protecting me from. Amen? So... The fourth thing is the one that I want to focus on this morning. The agenda of the enemy is to divide, to kill, to steal, to destroy, to divide. His target is the bride. He's not worried about those out in the world because they're really going to hell. And his strategy is to get you and me to slip 
and to be bait. Do you know what bait? I want to read what bait means. <laughs> it is to persecute or exasperate with unjust, malicious, or persistent attacks. To try to make angry with criticism or insults. To tease, to harass, to attack. It's a trap or to entice or lure you away. I nearly got Theo to bring his fishing rod and to put a lure on the end and then put all those things like offense, anger, resentment. Hook it. Because let me tell you, when you are baited, he begins to reel you in. He just reels us in. And that not dealing with it quickly makes more offense. More offense. Until he's reeled you out and you're like a fish out of water. Separated from the beloved. On the outside of the fence. And like a fire, when you take the coal out of a fire, it dies. His strategy is to bring division. I want to say to you, um, if we consider ourselves as the army of God, do we believe that we are the army? I believe I'm, I'm in the army and I'm fighting for rank. Are you fighting for rank? Well, you are about to get persecution. Let me just say, if you want to be a rookie, you'll take orders. <laughs> but when you take rank, and we all are ranked, okay, the enemy is on you. Now, I want you to picture this. We're in the army, and we know the enemy. His name is Satan, the deceiver, the one who fell from glory. You know why? Pride. Why? He wanted to be like God. He, he was the most beautiful of all of created beings. He was an instrument of worship. When he moved, I believe there was just sound. He was an instrument. He was an angel of light. And he still perceives himself that way. He comes as an angel of light, and we need to be vigilant and recognize his tactics if we are going to be standing firm and seeing the love of the Father. So he comes to bait you and me to destroy us, to get us out of this army. Imagine being in the army, and you're shooting for the enemy, and you've got your shield and your helmet and everything, your sword. And somebody stabs you from behind, from within your ranks. How would that, what would that do to this army? It would cause it to, like, who do I trust? Do you understand what I'm saying? How serious this thing is. 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So that is the key. Is that when we walk in fellowship, his blood cleanses us and we link arms and we become the strong army. 
Matthew 5.21, we know it well. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. When we assassinate our brother and sister, we are actually murdering. Can I say that when we speak words, the word of God says that there is life and death in the tongue. So when you speak, you are in fact assassinating your brother and sister, who by the way, is made in the image of God. So our enemy, it says that he goes in Revelations 12.10, he says, I that he goes and accuses us before the Father. What does he accuse us of? We are washed in the blood. We are in the army. So what does he accuse us of? We leave a door open. And when we are assassinating each other in this army, I believe he goes before the Lord and he mocks us. These are your creations. You wanted to create man in your image, but watch. Look what they're doing. Now, not only does he do that, he also uses us to accuse each other. Beloved, this is a hard message, and I want to say to you, we have all fallen in that trap. Us, I, I stand guilty. God knows. But as Pastor Ryan has been teaching on the kingdom, it's been on the Beatitudes. A precious lady asked me, why don't we say the Lord's Prayer? I'm going to answer her today. You see, thy kingdom come. What does that mean? The Beatitudes, Pastor Ryan said, I want to read this quote because it was so powerful. He said, the Beatitudes reflect the character traits that we need to accurately represent the Lord and his kingdom. That's what Pastor Ryan said. And then he went on to teach us on the Beatitudes. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, are we really living that? Because if we say, thy kingdom come on earth as it is on on in heaven on earth, then we should be applying the blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So if we want to pray, thy kingdom come, always being circumspect and saying, kingdom kingdom. When we say, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Dangerous prayer. Because if God forgives us based on how we forgive, are we forgiven? Whew, hard word. I'm sharing this word because I believe this is a, mass, a weapon of mass destruction. Offense is the weapon of mass destruction against the body of Christ. We have to get this right, beloved. We have to get this right. Because if we don't, we will not finish strong. 
want to finish reading Matthew 5. So it says, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Can I say, I haven't used the word Raka. It sounds strong. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a good word. But I have used the word, you fool. Anybody else? Especially in my car. Somehow, that's where the freedom of this word comes out. It's like, you know, what an idiot. I never wrote the book. It says, you shall be in danger of hellfire. I tell you what, there's some cleaning out that needs to come here. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar there, remember that your brother, that one that you called a fool, is created in the image of God, like you. And we are supposed to be a lamp on a lampstand, okay? So it says, leave your gift at the altar and go and make right. Who knows we can't always. And I want to say this is where the Lord, <laughs> I had a migraine from crying so much this week. Sometimes we just it's hard to be reconciled with everyone. And so, I, and there's people in my life that I am not reconciled with. I said, God, are you, are you telling me that I have to do this? And you know what? Just like this, the Holy Spirit gave me this, and I believe it's revelation. It's not a cop-out. It's revelation. If a relationship is toxic and it pulls you down, I believe God says you're allowed to put a healthy boundary around. I don't believe God wants us to be a floor mat. Amen. He doesn't want you to be walked over and abused. Okay. But as far as possible, where it's possible, try and be reconciled. Even if it means you have to agree to disagree. So listen, can we just agree to disagree? But I love you. You know why? Not because you are great or I'm great. You are created in the image of our daddy. God does not have stepchildren, beloved. He doesn't, you know, my grandchildren always want to know, no, no, who do you love the most? I've got four of them. So the oldest one, I say, nobody can fill my, your place in my heart. You are the oldest. You will always be the firstborn. To my grandson, I say, you're my only grandson. Nobody can ever fill that place in my heart. You are special. To my other granddaughter, I say, you are my only daughter from my only son. And so nobody can ever fill that place. And to my little Rachel, you are the last born, and I hope it stays that way. You are the last born. You are the baby. I love you so much. But they'll always come. Nana, do you love me more? You do love me more, Nana. The oldest one is, the, is actually the naughtiest. She's always saying, I am your favorite, hey? <laughs> Imagine Abba Father. I love those children equally with all their flaws. I know their flaws. 
I know their weaknesses, but I adore them. And I do not want anybody to speak against them. That's how Abba Father is. He doesn't want us persecuting each other and pointing out our fault. I think we all know our fault, don't we? If we're really honest. So let's move on. How do we overcome? What's my time like? How do we walk victoriously in the midst of offense and persecution? So the first step, obviously, is forgive quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you don't get this right, you know what happens? And I'm sure we've all been there. I love the desert. (laughs) I've grown to love it. Because that's where you go. You go to the desert when you are in a place of offense. Somehow we go into the desert. You see, the offender often doesn't know that they've offended you, truthfully. Sometimes when you go and say, you know, you really hurt me, they're like, really? Where did that come from? We're super sensitive creatures, but it's because of the enemy of our soul. He wants to trip you up through offense. So the desert is where we go, and then we start panting. You know why? Because the living water doesn't come. It just doesn't come in the desert place. That should be enough reason to fight this weapon of mass destruction with all of our being. When you are in a place where you're offended, or if you have caused an offense, can I say, if you know you've caused an offense, run, baby, run, and make right. Even if the person doesn't receive you, you do the right thing, and then you let it go. Because you'll know when you are over your offense, because you're able to pray, You're able to think about that person and even say their name and there's no bad feeling. Then you know that you have forgiven. As long as every time that name comes, you're like, you know, snuff the breath out of their lungs, Lord. (laughs) Anybody ever said that? (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. And one of the big things is we can't worship. Well, you know why? Because we have to come with clean hands and pure hearts to worship the King. Amen. So now, how, do we, how are we victorious? Jesus, when he was transfigured, he went in chapter 9, the transfiguration. He had just fed the 5,000. His disciples had seen that. He'd said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Are some people a cross in your life? Some people are a cross. They just rub you up the wrong way. Am I the only sinner in the house today? Everybody's very quiet. Can I at least get an amen? (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. I'm not alone here. Hey, it's an Aina message, but it's to save our souls from the fire. 
as a shepherd in the house, just like Pastor Ryan said, he looks out onto the horizon to see what is the enemy. What is the enemy up to? I want to tell you, this is something that the Lord showed me. The enemy is shooting arrows, and we are all targets. We are all targets. So we need to be vigilant. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to zip this thing. The tongue. It brings life or death. Amen. May we speak life. And then Jesus invited Peter, James, and John to go up the mountain to do what? To pray. And as he prayed, it said the radiance of his glory changed his face, his countenance. Why? Because as he prayed and he came to the Father, the glory came. So key for us when we're offended, run to the mountain and pray. Let his glory come. Let him convict you. Will, will you, be, you and I be open for that circumcision of our hearts? You know, we can refuse to sign on the dotted line. You know what will happen. We'll just drop dead like that. Because God wants us to be overcomers and victorious in this area. So we need to run to the mountain and pray. Then the second important key is repentance. Do not harden your heart, brothers and sisters, to a place where you cannot repent. Can I say, many times my husband was not in the wrong, but because of humility and his softness of heart, it broke me. I'm not, a, I'm not proud to say that. But when somebody comes with repentance and no pride, the, recept, the person receiving that cannot fight. So a, a soft answer, a soft answer turns away anger. We all need to grow in that area, and I'm the first. So repent. As Jesus speaks to you, even today, there's an opportunity for us to say, search my heart, Lord. Search my heart. Let there be no wicked way in me. Change me. Mold me. Do we really believe that he wants to mold us? And then are we willing to climb on that anvil or on that potter's wheel and let him mold? We are marred in the hands of the Father. But as we yield, he will make you into a vessel of glory. In Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 4, the third thing I felt God was saying, he wants to give you the spirit of boldness. But when you are on the back step fighting off depression, oppression, guilt, we can't be bold because we have the spirit of God. When you know that you're not in right standing with a brother, you can't be bold. The disciples who were now preaching about Jesus had just healed a lame man. Peter's taken to the council. They're not happy with him. He's been in prison. He gets out and he runs to his comrades. He doesn't say, can you believe what they did? They did this and this. He didn't become a whiner. 
he began to pray with boldness. The word boldness means paresia, outspoken, unreserved utterance, freedom of speech, cheerful courage, and is the opposite of, of timidity and cowardice and fear. And parousia is not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without Him. There is no way that you and I can run this race without the Holy Spirit. And this was Peter's prayer. May this be our prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. We need to live from this place of boldness and overcoming. From this place of prayer and overcoming. And of humility, preferring one another. We need to pray bold prayers and then we need to recognize our enemy. We can only fight the enemy if we recognize what he's doing, what his tactics are. I am telling you today in the name of Jesus, offense is the biggest, the biggest weapon against the bride of Christ today. And we all are at risk every day. If it's not your husband, it could be your children, it could be your work colleague, it could be your brother and in Christ or your sister in Christ it can be your children it can be your own thoughts that trap you so in Jesus name can we remember that we are in the Lord's army we are all part of the same cause we are all trying to win the same battle we are all trying to receive the overcomer's crown. Are you wanting the overcomer's crown? The victor's crown? Then let us overcome. How? By the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. I want to say, I didn't say Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, do not walk in the way of sinners. Do not stand in the path of the unrighteous, okay, I think I've got it wrong, and do not sit in the seat of the scornful. It's a progressive thing. So we walk with somebody, and they're talking about a brother and sister that's made in, Christ, in the same image as God. Then we stop, and we listen. Really? Did they do that? And then we sit in the seat of the mockers. It's a progressive thing. I want to say, if somebody comes to you and wants to assassinate a brother and sister, unless you have a brave heart and you are willing to say, wait. Robbie did that one day, yeah, in this church. Two brothers were discussing the pastor about 20 years ago. <laughs> and Robbie called the pastor. He said, pastor, these two brothers have a problem with you. Can you please sort it out? 
Yeah. And you know what happened? They sorted it out, and one of those brothers is still sitting in the church today, 20 years later. Why? Because Robbie took authority. We can talk about each other, but if you don't have a brave heart, and either say, that's a brother in Christ, I don't want to listen. Or, please can I take you to this brother? I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm going to help you to reconcile. Then please take your nose out of that business. Amen. A hard word. But that's how we will stop the rot. Because let me tell you, if we don't get this right, offense divides and it will eventually kill what we're supposed to be doing in Jesus' name.